it's really important for brands to know who they are and who they want to be. And instead of reacting to just this moment, dream and push forward because the world is your oyster right now. Across the world right now, governments, businesses and individuals are dealing with extraordinary circumstances. But as traditional models are being upturned and everyday routines are being dismantled, small shoots of hope are emerging. Individuals, communities and corporations are achieving new levels of innovation every day in order to build brands, reimagine entire business models and make progress through creativity. I'm Simon Cook, the Managing Director of Cannes Lions, the international festival of creativity. It's the world's largest community of marketers, agencies, platforms, media owners and many more. All of them striving for true creativity in their work in order to drive business or create positive change. You're listening to Progress Through Creativity. Jamie Robinson is the co-founder and chief creative officer of Joan Creative. That's an independent agency based out of New York. When the business was founded four years ago, they did it in the belief that they could help modernize legendary brands using weapons of cultural IQ that have made modern brands sensations. But how do you draw upon that arsenal when the shifting sounds of culture give way to a sudden earthquake? And as we find ourselves in what Jamie calls the wild west of branded communications, Jamie and the team have had to take a completely new approach and harness the kind of creative thinking and problem solving that has led to Jamie bringing home over 30 Cannes Lions and three Grand Prix for recognising and forging new paths in culture and entertainment. To tap that off, she's also won an Emmy. As Jamie says, all the cards are up in the air at the moment and anyone can grab them. And Joan have really subscribed to this. As the entertainment pipeline is disrupted and content creation methods have completely stalled, Jamie's seeking out new ways for her team to collaborate and produce both the content and the creativity needed via alternative means. Our media habits and consumption have been completely upended during this pandemic, and we're lapping up entertainment content via every means possible. Now more than ever, we're looking for irreverence and distraction from the monotony. And Jamie is advocating joy. Joy to clients, to agencies, well, to all of us, really. She strongly believes that entertainment and an inclusive breed of humour is the service that brands need to provide in the next phase of this virus. It's the best vehicle to express our shared cultural experiences, after all, and deliver moments of escape for some who are desperately craving it. In this episode, and of course across the work that Jamie produces, there's a common thread. You can expect the unexpected. As you'll hear from Jamie, she's a big fan of digging into the past in order to set a new course for the future. I've no doubt Joan and the team will dig deep and do exactly that. Oh, and if you're wondering what she won the Emmy for, it was for Outstanding New Approach. This is Jamie Robinson. Hello, Jamie. Welcome and thank you very much for joining us on Progress Through Creativity this week. How are you doing? I am uh, doing well, all things considered. Yeah, doing pretty good. Jamie, we've known each other for <laughs> quite a few years now. I think the first time we met was in Cannes when you were 
president of the Mobile Lions jury. That's going back a bit. Since then, you've gone on to start your own agency, of course, Joan Creative, which is completely independent and has been running for how long now? Um, we have just come up on our fourth year of business, which is exciting. We launched right before a can of 2016. And how are things going? I mean, you know, global pandemic and worldwide crisis aside. Um, it's amazing. It's really, it's, a, it's such a joy. It's, um, you know, I, I think every day is kind of a little bit like the Wild West in general in advertising. And um, at an indie, you feel it even more. Uh, we are inventing and reinventing ourselves daily. Um, and I think, you know, I think that kind of makes us really perfectly suited for this moment of disruption because, um, you know, we're just used to constantly questioning the status quo and whether things should be this way or are we just doing them because it's the way they've always been, you know, happening. Um, so, yeah, so it's been um, it's been a really great and wild four years um, and I'm just excited for the next four. So, Jamie, I'm interested in how teams are working together and how ways of working are evolving in response to the challenges we're facing right now. You mentioned earlier that you've been pleasantly surprised to see how traditionally disparate departments and functions within your own relatively small team are starting to gel and collaborate in ways that you've never seen before. What are you noticing specifically? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. We're because we're, you know, still a small independent, we're really used to working very closely with one another and we always have very small uh, teams, we call it five smart people in a room. We think that the more te- more people on the team, uh, basically the collective intelligence of a room goes down. So we're re- you were used to working really tightly together. But the the collaboration and the the way that ideas have been growing between strategy and creative um, and account and production, as a matter of fact, has been magnificent. Like um, people are really taking a second to consider the the thing that the person on the other side of the video conference is saying, and and then build on it. And you know, I think the best idea ideas um, always are ones that are built by, you know, um, you know, more than one person where another person sees it and then says, yes, but let's also add this to this. And then the energy and the excitement and enthusiasm for that idea grows. And then you have like all of these idea parents who are taking this idea and they're like hoisting it bigger and bigger. So it's been a wonderful thing to see the connection between people and, um, and, and just the commitment to, keeping trying things that we've never done before going and not falling into kind of patterns that are comfortable, but still really pushing beyond. And speaking of patterns, we were talking earlier about what we can learn from history. Some of us have worked through at least one recession in our lifetimes, but it's interesting, isn't it, to delve back even further. Now, we've been looking at our own 67-year archive of work over the years and and specifically looking at shifts in trends and behaviours during economic downturns, and it's fascinating stuff. But you've gone back even further, haven't you? What observations have you made and how are you going to apply some of those learnings to your current business and situation? Yeah, I've been going in this kind of deep rabbit hole of the Great Depression lately, just listening to the music and and like taking in some of the film and going into it. Um, And and maybe it's been this first this kind of morbid curiosity about like, oh, crap, if this happens to us, you know, how are we going to be? Like, what's it like to eat soup out of a shoe? You know, that kind of a thing. (laughs) But 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 actually, as I started to go more into it, I've actually noticed that. Uh, and discover that it's been a really big period of, of great creativity and great creative growth for the arts and for theater and for movies. And looking further into that, why? Why is that? 
you know, there's, it comes from a couple of things. Like people were looking for ways to escape, obviously, looking for, you know, distractions from, you know, their everyday cares. But then I think people are also looking for shared cultural experiences and really finding ways to connect with one another. And it's funny because if you look at um, this, this moment, which hopefully won't get as dire as the Great Depression, but, you know, who knows? Um, you know, in the beginning, we came together over Tiger King. And like, you know, like, all of a sudden, we're all bonding <laughs> over this guy with this mullet and, you know, and, and, his, and his, his wild beast. And you go, well, why is it? Why is it that we all love Tiger King? Was it really that it was that good of a show? Or was it because we needed something to, to be a part of together? And I think it, I think that's beautiful. I do. It's interesting, isn't it? Tiger King is a really good example of how people's media consumption habits have changed dramatically in a very, very short space of time. I think it's safe to say that we're all lapping up new content, but not necessarily via the traditional channels. And of course, with lockdown, that's brought whole production schedules for films, TV series, popular shows to an absolute standstill. The content pipeline has been disrupted in many ways. What new opportunities then are opening up for brands now in this new entertainment space? Well, I mean, it's it's um, it's so exciting because um, I think there are very few moments in all of our lives when the cards have just are up in the air and anybody can grab for them. And, you know, brands for the past couple of years have been really getting into purpose, um, being purpose-driven or service-oriented. And that's it's wonderful. I think it's a great development for um, brands and marketing in general. I think the service that we need right now is, is entertainment and is creating shared cultural experiences. And the great thing is, is that brands who know who they are, brands who are comfortable with themselves, can start to play in this space. And, um, and I think that, you know, looking for those things that make people feel, um, looking for the things that they can, where they can communicate their brand message and, and what their brand stands for, but through the lens of something that maybe not look like a traditional commercial venture, I think it's a great opportunity right now for, for them. Um, and, and, you know, the great news is, you know, a lot of production partners, um, we have our own studios, which we just announced the, the grand opening of yesterday, but are looking for creative ways to get things. I'm putting a little plug by there. Oh, that. I, I mean, saw it. Congratulations. <laughs> you noticed that, right? Thank you, Simon. <laughs> I saw the um, headline. Don't worry. <laughs> but, um, but, but we're looking for ways, really creative and interesting ways to get things made. And, um, and it's, been, it's been really a thrill to figure out how we can work with people and, and tap into different alternate, um, you know, ways of production, whether that is through animation and motion graphics or really just working with people to figure out how to film themselves. Or, or we're, like I said, we're going to be having our first shoot in a few weeks. Um, how, do we, where, how do we get that done and where do we get that done? So um, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for brands right now to to take their purpose-driven you know, driven, uh, feelings and their, and their motivations and put it into creating the content that people need and are hungry for right now. Jamie, I wanted to ask you about temporary states versus shifts that we can identify as being a bit more permanent. I read a recent study put out by Walk that shows how people are consuming more media across many, many different channels. So that includes live streams, online TV, video games, podcasts, of course. But this seems to be a trend that's here to stay and set to continue post-pandemic. 
Online video in particular shows probably the strongest staying power, I'd say, with the latest data by Global Web Index showing 73% of those watching online video right now who've never watched it before will continue to do so indefinitely and post-pandemic. So the desire to absorb entertainment in new ways is most definitely there. Now, I know that you work with a whole mix of clients. How do you see some of the more traditional or legendary brands, as you refer to them at Joan, carving out a credible voice for themselves in entertainment? Because it's a pretty big shift, isn't it? I, I think it is. And, um, you know, we just... You know, we just made a, um, a cooking show, of, uh, an online cooking show for Vanity Fair napkins. Um, and, you know, that's also kind of taking some of that purpose stuff in there because we connected out-of-work chefs who were looking for ways to use their talents and make, make a living. And we connected them with people who were stuck at home and looking like bored out of their minds of the thing that they've been cooking and looking for ways to like use a weird ingredient from their cupboard. And, um, and we did it through an online video. And I can say that that, um, that kind of innovation and thinking about how can we make content, you know, remotely, how can we make content that is, um, serves a deep purpose and, and utility for people, but also has a creativity to it and a joy to it. That's something that I think we should all continue to, to look into. And it's interesting you mentioned joy there. Following the initial reaction phase that we all went through, so that really high sentiment stuff, we noticed that brands then lent quite heavily into being about utility and usefulness. Phase two then seemed to be about much more around connecting with people on a more human level. And now we're entering what seems to be a third phase. There's this desire for something lighter all of a sudden, more joy, as you say, more silliness. Um, following a moment that felt too soon for funny, do you think brands are getting much more comfortable with finding the funny once again? Yeah, well, I think that time, I think we've already hit that point, you know. They're, they're probably the biggest danger right now in being in the situation we're in, in lockdown and, and going forward, as they predict that we'll have to be really far apart from one another, there's going to be no hugging, no touching, no handshaking, you know, but is to really maintain our humanity. And, um, and I think that's going to be the biggest, the biggest struggle that we're going to have is to how do we, how do we keep that thing that keeps us human and not just be um, so closed off to, you know, obviously things like sex and love and all of those things and touching, but also just being wrong sometimes and being a little bit naughty and having, you know, have, making mistakes and making, causing trouble. And those things are so inherently human that if we don't find outlets that are healthy for them, which I think really come in the form of entertainment and comedy and, um, and shared experiences, I think we're going to see those things bubble up in unhealthy ways. So, um, so I think humor is right now a, a necessity and um and, and 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 if you look at some people who have who have been really thriving in the entertainment space and even taking matters into their own hands like uh, John Krasinski who did the Some Good News uh, show he's really kind of launched himself directly into humor I think the 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 thing that I would worry about is humor that uh, works to exclude other people or hurt other people that's not the kind of humor we need right now what we need is the humor that we all go oh yeah humans are weird as fuck and uh and we're we're wonderful for that and i love that you know yeah it's that human eccentricity and that zaniness that people really appreciate at this time isn't it when you think back to the last recession and the work that emerged and performed really well 
it carried a lot of that sentiment. So in 20, uh, no, it was 2008, Cadbury Gorilla, which everyone knows, of course, picked up the film Grand Prix at Cannes. It was really brave at the time. It was a massive step change for the brand and something that was received really well by a jaded global audience who was a bit trodden down by the global recession. But I suppose that's the job, isn't it? During this time, you may be working with brands who want to push the envelope or you want to help them push the envelope in a new direction that's very of the moment. But it might feel like quite a scary shift, I guess. So how has your own relationship with your clients evolved during this time? Are they really leaning into your expertise or are they being a bit wary when you suggest things which might seem like too much of a change? Yeah, we are having... Uh, I think a lot more frequent conversations with our, our brands and a lot more, um, you know, uh, I think we're having a lot more deeper conversations with them too. You know, we're in a, we're in a time where it's a little bit like we're on Mars and, um, but we aren't, we're, we're here still on earth. And, um, one of the great things that we have, or we're very fortunate to have in our industry and our business is the ability to speak to many different types of people a day, many different other kinds of clients, see how other businesses are handling things. We talk to experts in a, across a wide variety of fields ourselves. And so, you know, when it comes to our client relationships, um, we the, the service that we provide them is that outside perspective that, that is built upon 20, 30 years of expertise in this business. And, um, and, it, and also it built upon seeing what other people are doing. And I think the other, you know, I mentioned before the danger of losing, losing our humanity is one thing or not being able to express our humanity. I think the other danger is myopia and not being able to see beyond our own walls um, because, because, you know, the world will go on and, and things are still happening and hopefully it'll go on faster than, than, you know, we all think. Um, and we need to be kind of thinking ahead and figuring out how, what are the brand, what is the, what are the brands and, and, um, and agencies we want to be and not really just thinking about what we are right now in our moment, in our house, you know, and, 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 and within our own walls of our corporations. So looking ahead then, and based on what you've just described and your many years of expertise, what are your predictions for the next, say, three months? And what can brands and creative companies be doing now to prepare themselves for what's coming? I do think this is a huge moment um, for brands to to take a leadership role in in um, in entertainment and storytelling. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that too, especially as um, you know, as you mentioned before, as the Hollywood's uh, pipelines are are continue to stay frozen a little bit. Um, I think that the I, I'm starting to feel like the world is over. I don't know how you feel over it in England, but I think the world is over COVID. I feel like I'm hearing people that are sensible adults that I respect being like, well, is it really? Like, we could start to wander out. Like, well, you know. <laughs> the and, rebellion and has stopped. The rebellion, it is true. Like, and it may come because of summer. Or it may be because we've done enough of this. And we're, and it may be because, like I said before, we're really not good at not being human. But you're starting to see them. You're starting to see people kind of venture out. I think that this is going to be, I hope this is going to be, but I believe this is going to be shorter lived than we all uh, expected at first as some of the reports were, were saying. Um, but I think that, uh, that in in order to do that, 
that is why, you know, in order to really thrive after this, it's really important for brands to know who they are and who they want to be. And instead of reacting to just this moment, dream and push forward because the world is your oyster right now. And I think we just need to take it. And are you subscribing to that approach yourself? So how is your leadership having to shift? We've spoken to a number of people over the past few weeks on on the podcast. And let's be honest, they're usually a part of some big corporation. And you could even argue that the buck doesn't really stop with them. But with you, because you're an indie and you're calling the shots. So that's a lot of pressure, but I guess also a lot of freedom. So how do you navigate that? Um, well, I, you know, it's, it's really fun, but we have to kind of, you know, you have to constantly be asking yourself and questioning yourself and saying, are we doing enough right now to take advantage of this moment, um, to, to reshape, to reshape what the future could look like. And, um, I'm lucky that my business partner, Lisa, and I are both, um, antsy and impatient and, uh, excitable and optimistic people. And we kind of just take turns asking ourselves these questions. So, you know, over the past couple of weeks, we've, we've really done everything from looking at starting to create, um, projects that we would love to see out in the world that we then will go and shop around like an entertainment company or a publisher to see who would love to be a part of this and who would love to invest in it, um, to really rethinking our own approach and putting a, like really crystallizing what is it on, on the things that we've done in the past year that have, that, you know, why, why are those things special? Why have they worked out? What is it that that approach means and how can we replicate it going forward? Um, to really also just developing new traditions with our own, our own, you know, people. Um, and we have different, we have different standing, uh, all company Zoom meetings every week that mean different things. And some of them are more business and some of them are definitely not business. Um, and we, and we just, you know, we, Tell them we what are, kind of, what kind of things, what kind of things <laughs> oh, I'm intrigued now. Oh my God. Well, uh, one <laughs> of the things we do each week is somebody from the agency sings a good night, you know, Friday night kind of shutdown song. And we, and it's gone everything from the jaws, song you know that the, when they're on the boat and they're singing show me the way to go home to uh so you know uh to a country song about friday night to you know and someone does a stupid little song for for everybody and like we got to start collecting those things and this is this is going to be this could be a time that we look back at it and say we made decisions and we behaved in a way that made the world better and i'm so and, and made our lives better and made each other's lives better and i i just i really i hope that we can all look back at that and say that and 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 if there you know i think that that's the thing that i think about constantly you ask you started this question by saying what are you thinking about the question is are we are we doing enough of it are we building enough of it and um and and what else can we be doing to build more mm. of it and what are you learning about yourself in isolation <laughs> Um, I am, I am learning that, um, I definitely enjoy my, um, daily Peloton in the morning. And if, and, and I've, I've learned that I don't hate exercise, which is an interesting thing. I actually really love it. Um, and I'm learning that, um, I guess I've always known that I was a resilient person, um, but I have like, you know, I've always, I think women, no, no offense, I mean, but I think women in general, we are kind of are in our genes. We're resilient. You know, it's like pop it out and get back into running away from that saber toothed tiger. Pop it out would be the baby, by the way. Um, but like, I think we are naturally resilient people. But um, but but I do feel like um, uh, that, that, you know, I, I've, 
I maybe have had one or two nights where I felt really sad. And, um, and I feel like the optimism has, has by far, um, outweighed the, the pessimism. And so I guess if I'm learning anything, it's, it's that maybe so many years on this earth, uh, have, have prepared me for something like this and, and, you know, it will, 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 things will go on, you know, and, 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 the best thing I can do also is keep my family safe and healthy, might make sure my loved ones are safe and healthy, and my people that we work with are safe and healthy. Um, and then everything else will work itself out. Yeah, it's a really nice philosophy. Jamie, what are you hopeful about? Well, I'm hopeful about this new generation of kids that are graduating this year because I think that they have, I think that they are, they are, they're, they're getting kind of thrown out into the world in a really unusual time, but I think it's going to naturally set them up for greatness. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, it feels like, you know, to think about coming out now and, and the skills that they're going to learn over the next six months to a year just, and have been learning right now to me that that is I think that they will probably be the generation that saves us all from destruction. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, that's what I'm hopeful for. Um, and, and I am hopeful for this new onslaught of creativity that is coming around the corner. Um, and we're seeing it, we're seeing the shoots of it right now. So I just, I just am, I'm, I'm hopeful for so much, actually. Hopeful for so much and for everything that's coming hurtling around the next bend. Yeah. Jamie, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very busy, what with your new launch and everything. So <laughs> look, I look forward to seeing you, hopefully in person in the not too distant future. Me too, Simon. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Thank you, Jamie. A big thanks to Jamie for joining us on the podcast this week. Wow, what an energy and enthusiasm for opportunities and the great unknown. Such an infectious optimism. As you heard there, Jamie's endorsement for entertainment that provides this newfound sense of fun and escapism isn't just a personal preference. It's backed by evidence from things that have been and some of the new insights around what we're witnessing today. Following the Great Depression, creativity thrived and a whole entertainment industry emerged. It kickstarted the swing genre, the talkies of the 30s and much innovation across the creative industries. For more recent evidence, you only have to look at the work that won at Cannes Lions during the last recession in 2008. At that time, the Film Grand Prix, as we discussed, was won by Cabaret's Gorilla, a brilliant, entertaining, slightly ridiculous idea whose success goes to show to what extent people crave entertainment and human zaniness following periods of crisis. Finally, there are studies about today's consumption habits that we should all take stock of. And in this growth, there seems to be a desire for entertainment to be across many more mediums, and in particular, online video, which seems to have some serious staying power. It may be a time for brands to start thinking about how they can play a more substantial role in the entertainment arena. So what can we learn from our time with Jamie? People need to be made to feel and not just do. This is about telling stories that connect with people on an emotional, human level, and even more so at a time where they can't get that connection physically with family and friends. 
Explore all possible content creation avenues. Hollywood big budget production centers might be at a standstill, but that's an opportunity. In its place, production companies are getting super creative, shooting for themselves, self-shooting, shooting remotely. There are alternatives out there and brands should seize the opportunity to carve out their own format and voice before their competitors do. And finally, lean on outside expertise, whether that be an agency or some other creative mind or body. There's a healthy friction there that should be embraced, especially now. Brands that lean on internal expertise risk being short-sighted. That diversity of thinking and outside knowledge will prohibit you from falling into the same old patterns and routine, especially at a time where step changes are needed. We're at a stage where we want to be a little bit rebellious and find a means for escape. And this is the time for an industry much like our own to step in and provide a healthy outlet for distraction and fun through entertainment. And it isn't just a flash in the pan. So as Jamie says, get ready for the onslaught of creativity that's coming just around the corner. We'll be releasing a new episode of this podcast every week. So if you're interested in hearing more from industry leaders who are carving out new approaches like Jamie or driving progress through creativity in other ways, please be sure to tune in next week. Each Tuesday, we will continue to release a classic talk from our learning and intelligence platform, The Work. That's it for this week's episode of Progress Through Creativity. Please do get in touch and let us know who you'd like to hear from in future episodes. If you've enjoyed listening to this and found it useful, then please do subscribe. And if you really like what you heard, then please feel free to give us a review on iTunes. A big thanks once again to Jamie and, of course, our series producers, Roland Bodenham and Annie Smith. To our friends and community all around the world, look after yourselves and have a good week. Music.